Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. You're watching the Kofepi Break. It is, uh, I don't even know what day it is. Friday, April 24th. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I am joined by Carrie Smith from Texas. There she is. Hi, Carter. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm okay. I'm a little, excuse me, I'm a little tightly wound today. Why? We'll see how this goes. Oh, gosh. Why? Why? The, the... (laughs) idiots on the internet why do i let them bother me <laughs> yeah you shouldn't let them bother you uh there's yeah, plenty normally of idiots the... who have more power than the ones on the internet you they, they can bother you yeah normally i don't but you happen to have kept, caught me like right when i was in a <clears throat> like a... <laughs> anyway hey everyone Good morning. carrie is carrie has not had the experience of spending like wasting years of her life arguing with people online yet i think so she needs to go through this phase before she realizes, just stop. Wait, that's not exactly true. Because oh. when I was in SJW, I used to, it, well, that wasn't really like arguing, though. That was just preaching. <laughs> that, so that was just that's a little throwing different. accusations and ad hominems at people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's SJW arguing. That's how that works. Yeah, that's how they, that's how they do it. Yeah. Uh, how is everyone? By the way, <clears throat> if, you, if you are new to the show, um, this is the Kfefi break. We do this live on Mondays and Fridays and uh, you're watching Unsafe Space. And you guys, we are almost at 4,000 subscribers. How cool is that? It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, uh, 5,000 is my next big milestone, but I didn't think we would get to 4,000 this quickly and we're, we're pretty close at this point. So um, we've had some good people on the show recently, which I'm sure has... Uh, has helped if you haven't seen it. We interviewed Cernovich the other day. We interviewed uh, Sean Fitzgerald, who's an actual social justice, actual social, actual justice warrior. I don't know why I keep wanting to say the word social in there. Actual justice warrior, Sean Fitzgerald. Um, we interviewed uh, Maggie Oliver, which I still think is an underviewed uh, episode. And this week we release, released uh, a conversation with a constitutional scholar and lawyer, uh, Chris Ann Hall. So if you haven't seen that, and shout out, by the way, to Keith the Hat Guy, who actually introduced me to Chris Ann Hall. So, um, oh yeah. wow, that was thank you, Keith, because that was a really important interview. Like yeah. I, I, I was blown away, and I hope every I, I saw some of the comments. People got to watch it, and um, and I hope people share it, and I hope people check out her classes online. I'm going to check them out, and I was just yeah, that was I was really grateful for that one. So, yeah, thank you, Keith. Yeah. So um, a couple housekeeping things. Uh, first of all, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Uh, go to subscribestore.com to support us, please. Uh, if you like the content uh, and you want us to keep doing more, someday we're going to run out of savings and we're going to have to eat. <laughs> so, um, And uh, the other housekeeping thing, a, a few people have, have mentioned that we need moderators and chat. I don't think we do yet. Uh, my, my opinion on moderators is... I actually, if trolls are going to come in, that's fine. People can come in and be trolls. Like, I, I'm going to default towards permissiveness. The only time I'll start to get upset is if they're, like, interrupting the conversation to the point where the community can't function anymore. And if that's the case, then we'll worry about getting moderators. But I haven't seen that. If anyone's seen stuff that requires a moderator, no. let me know. But I haven't. I haven't seen that either. There's just been a couple of them. And, you know, I think you guys are great. Like, the people who come to chat are always have really 
insightful things to say and are really civil almost all the time. Sometimes maybe not almost all the time. And, uh, and they do a pretty good job of ignoring nonsense, you know? So I don't really think we need that yet. Yeah. And, and, uh, this is going to sound sappy, but, uh, I love our audience. I mean, our audience, and there's a few other shows that have good audiences, but in general, when you look at the comments and the, the quality of the chat, it's, it's way higher caliber than, uh, other shows like popular shows. Now, maybe as we get popular, you guys will all get drowned out and we'll have, like uh the npcs come in and the quality will degrade quite a lot i don't know but right now uh it's pretty great so i mean i'm looking at the names of people in chat and they're they're people who are like feeding us stories uh giving us like interesting information like having good discussions in chat so um yeah uh what was there wait there was another thing i need a haircut i need a haircut yeah me too i'm gonna go back to cutting my own hair (laughs) My, my wife really wants to cut, like, my hair. I hate when I can kind of sort of see it from the front. Like, if it sticks below my ear, I get upset. She's really pushing for... Oh, you know what? Scissors, Speaking of haircuts, what? you just reminded me, uh, I need to schedule this. And if you're watching, Timmy, I'm sorry, uh, we let the ball drop. But we were going to do a quarantine. Timmy is a, a... Well, she has another career, but she does makeup tutorials. And we were going to do a quarantined at home makeup tutorial. Maybe we could do a hair care one as well. That would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But I'm, I'm basically <laughs> ready to go out. Oh, speaking about going out, I was going to go. So um, I just have a few, like, random stuff that's not deep if, if we can start with okay. random stuff. Okay, yeah, let's do it. I was, I was going to go to uh, the gun store because I had to pick up some ammo. And uh, because in California, they have a, they have a law that you can't um you can't actually purchase ammo without a background check which means you can't mail order it anymore which is how i used to always get my ammo um so i had to have you had to have it shipped to um someone that has an ffl license and then you can go get your uh get your ammo so i have ammo that's been sitting since before the quarantine at an ffl uh dealer (laughs) and uh, i was gonna go pick it up but i read today actually uh, I think the Southern District of California federal judge just struck down that law and uh, issued a restraining order against the state. So it is legal to ship ammo into California again. So congratulations to those fellow uh, <laughs> comrades stuck in the People's Republic of California. Uh, hey, we can all buy ammo now online. So that's good news, I guess. Yeah. Somebody just said, Carter, that you're in unshaved space. I know. I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't Who cares anymore? You know what? I also had, this is gross, but yesterday we also had a sewer problem and I didn't even, like, I did as much as I could and we actually had to have, have someone come to the house because we didn't have, you needed a huge machine to deal with it. Uh, it was, it was bad. Like underneath the front lawn, the sewer backed up. It was pretty horrible. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's quarantine life. Hashtag quarantine life. Wait, I know what I'm going to do, Carrie, because I'm just in the mood today. There's bad stuff I want to talk about, but I'm going to share some memes that I'm in the mood for. Oh, also, before I share some memes, uh, (laughs) if someone tries a super chat for any amount, I'm going to try a new thing that we have today. I don't know if it'll work, but you'll see it if you try a super chat. I don't even know what this is, so this is a surprise for me, too. All right, but we're going to do the memes. First of all, about the memes. The memes. Yeah. I Look. 
we were talking about this on the unsafe space page a week or so ago. I, I went down a meme hole and posted a bunch of them. The at least the meme workers are essential. <laughs> at least the meme workers yeah. still have yeah. still have I, a job. And thank goodness, because they're keeping our spirits high and helping us to have laughs. <laughs> yeah, the meme workers are essential. Um, so I, I don't, these aren't even the best memes. I just, there's a guy I follow who, I think it's a guy, it might be a gal, who um, talk uh, posts, uh, just like has meme threads where people can add memes. And I he was just looking at it this morning. They're not, they're not the best, but, oh, wait, wait, we have a super chat. So before I do anything, let me see if I can make this work. I got to find it. Okay. Does that work? Does everyone see that? If you see it on screen, tell me. Thank you, Daniel Keene, for the five bucks. Oh, I see it. But I think Thank it you, works. Daniel and we, we can, I think we can add Jen. Uh, oh, wow. I can, I can populate this whole thing. Yeah. I'll take away. There we go. There's Daniel. There's Jen. Stephen Landau. Thank you, Stephen. So, yeah. Some, I, I probably should do more work about technology. how to. Well, yeah. yeah. This, this is cool. Um, so yeah, thank you, Jen. Thank you, Steven. Thank you, Daniel. So that's gonna, that's gonna be cool. We're gonna maybe do more with that, but, uh, and default username says Daniel Keen stole my thunder. Uh, and if I can put that up, I will. <laughs> I just can't find it now. There we go. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lindsay Peterson. Wow. Now everybody's like super chatting. That's awesome. <laughs> uh oh, now everyone's super chatting. Yeah. Now I've, we've created a monster. So do you have to manually Peterson. put it Thank up you, there Lindsay. when somebody... Sorry, what? Do you have to manually put that up there when somebody's I got to pull the chat? comment, right? Thank okay. you, Keith the Hat Guy. So Keith the Hat Guy just uh, put in money, and Keith says, I will mail Carter some spare rocket-propelled grenades. Let me know if you need Abrams tank ammo. Uh, good to know this is okay. Uh, Keith, <laughs> I'm out of both. So, <laughs> yes, please go ahead and mail them to me, and uh, I will absolutely... Uh, I will absolutely do that. So, uh, yeah, cool. I do have to manually do the super chat thing, so it might take me a minute. So if you if you ever do super chat now in the future, and I'm not paying attention, it'll go up there. I'll I'll put them all up uh, when they're when they happen. But now we know how that works. Awesome. Thank you guys. Uh, I I want you to get to the uh, to the memes, but I do want to just say one quick thing. The memes aren't um, that important. It's okay. Hor <laughs> no, but I want to see them. Horror Scorpion though says. I wish I didn't have to defend Trump making that stupid disinfectant quote. I, I heard <laughs> Even about this, you... but I what did he say? Can someone enlighten okay. me because I didn't see it? You should watch it because basically it's him rambling stream of consciousness and talking to Dr. Burks. Is it Burks? Off to the side. And he's basically asking her questions about a conversation they had. And it's the kind of thing that, no, you shouldn't just ramble off the cuff at a press conference. And it, it definitely came across as someone who was briefed about some new um, experimental or interesting innovative treatments and is and is a, a lay person who's like wondering, what if you guys could do this and eventually figure this out? That's what it is. But what the press, of course, you can guess what the media went with, which is Trump urges, like I saw one headline that says urges Americans <laughs> urges. To, to ingest bleach and to what? inject, yeah, and to ingest what? into, yeah, they went, they went to crazy town, Carter. They went to crazy town. And Scott Adams rightfully said, you know, this is an IQ test. If you believe that the president of America told people to ingest chemicals and to inject sunlight into their veins. Like you failed the test. 
Oh my <laughs> God! Wait, hold and on. I, 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 I just you're. Yeah. I've got to pull this up now, Carrie. I didn't see this. Yeah. And and uh, quack in chief right- Donald Trump asks if bleach bleach injections or tanning could cure COVID. Yeah, and. I mean, maybe we should play the clip of what he actually said so people get to see it. And I'm look, here's what I'm in agreement with. It's dumb to stand at a podium and ramble about hypotheticals when you're a layperson and to have a side conversation with a doctor about a private conversation that you guys had, especially when you know what the media is going to do with that. And do I think it it was a great moment for him? No, not at all. But what do I think what the press is saying about it is true? The what the narrative that they're putting out and telling people? No, absolutely not. And I think what they're doing is far more dangerous and irresponsible. Anybody who watched him, there's nobody dumb enough. Like they, they either either they are very dumb, uh, or they're duplicitous, which I think a lot of them are just duplicitous, or they think Americans are stupid. It's well, one of those three. The last is definitely true. Yeah, it could, they could be all of them, but the last is definitely true. They definitely think you're stupid. Um, yeah. All right. Let's. I mean, let's just play. Let's. Can we play it? Yeah, play it. Uh, let's hope this works. Let's see here. I think this is the clip. I haven't even watched it, so. I can't hear it. Oh, you can't hear it. Oh, oh, oh! I know why you can't hear it. Sorry. I need. I need. We have no producer in the studio. <laughs> which I find to be very interesting. So, supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that has him in check, but you're going to test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right, and then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or <laughs> almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it <laughs> does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check. It is so dumb. I mean, we'll give them that. Medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. I would like you to speak to the medical doctors to see if there's any way that you can apply light and heat to cure, you know, that if you could. And maybe you can, maybe you can't. Again, I say maybe you can, maybe you can't. I'm not a doctor, but I'm like a person that has a good, you know what. But, sir, uh, you're the president. So wait, is there more that we need to watch, or is that the gist of it? No, that's pretty much the gist of it. And, and you know what? Somebody in chat said Trump tricked the media. Angie says Trump tricked the media into covering light therapy. And Maria said she also thought maybe he purposely talked about this for some reason. Yeah, maybe he did. I mean, it is it is an interesting, new, innovative, th- you know, I read some articles about UV light therapy after this. So now I know a little more about that. But the idea that 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 the media could come away from that and craft headlines that are blatant lies and say the president urged Americans to ingest bleach and to inject themselves with disinfectants is absurd. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a mischaracterization grossly of what he's saying. Now, I don't want to... I mean, look, Trump is... Uh, 
Trump is a branding guy. He's just, obviously he's been a CEO running businesses. He's mostly been in the entertainment industry. Um, and he's not, he hasn't run technical businesses at all. So if you look at his businesses, it's not like Trump has run pharmaceutical companies or even software companies. He has run, uh, you know, service industry stuff, hotels. Uh, he's run, um, you know, he's done construction stuff and he's done a lot of branding stuff. There was the Trump stakes, like the, the, right. But he hasn't, he has never done any technical stuff. He's not a technical guy. And a thing that CEOs do internally is they do this blue sky kind of stuff where they're like, well, can you do this? Can you do that? And a lot of times their questions are dumb as someone who's a technical person who's been in the room sometimes with non-technical leaders. Yeah. Sometimes from a tech perspective, you look at them and go, that's retarded, but they don't, they're not expected to know. And their job is to kind of question you because sometimes you'll be like, well, you know, maybe we could do something like that. And, and for whatever reason, the tech people were thinking they couldn't because it, there were some non-starters in the, and it's the CEO's job to kind of, uh, let you know that everything's on the table and encourage you to explore the avenues that might be viable. Now, I'm not a doctor either, but I'm pretty sure none of these avenues are viable that, he, that he's talking about really. I mean, although you know, technically, uh, someone in chat noted like chemotherapy is poison and you inject it. Yeah, it's it's not bleach, although he I didn't hear him say bleach. He shouldn't be doing this. But I don't think he's used to running a company under the uh, I don't think he's used to running a company under the, the spotlight of the media every day like this. I don't think this is his. Um, I, I don't you think don't, this is his you don't he's not used to this. This is not his. Yeah. It's not his, and you don't brainstorm on camera. That's what little little ragamuffins call it, says. It's called brainstorming. Yes, and you right. don't brainstorm on camera. It's it's I look for the people who the the people who are uh, criticizing this. We agree on a lot about it. I just don't agree that with the mischaracterization that he was telling people to inject bleach. <laughs> just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it it is it is called brainstorming, and 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 in brainstorming actually. One thing I've I've led a lot of brainstorming exercises, and one thing that I do intentionally uh, is I will intentionally uh, say things that I know are stupid and laughable because um, if I'm the leader, because it's, because it signif it signals to everyone else in the room that they don't have to be afraid of of censoring themselves and like saying, yeah. I'll make a fool of myself first so that they can kind of feel free to make fools of themselves, even though I know whatever I'm proposing is ridiculous. Sometimes I'll do that intentionally. I don't think that's what he's doing here. He's dumbly, he's stupidly having a brainstorming <laughs> and kind of a laughable brainstorming session in front of the press. Uh, you know, I, it's not his best moment, but he certainly can't be accused of urging Americans to drink bleach based on what I've seen. So, Well, um, speaking of a cure, could you put up the thing I sent you last night? Yes, but can we look at two memes first? Yeah, let's look at two or oh, three yeah, memes. Yeah, the memes. I'm sorry, I got meme side. No, meme no, no, tracks. it's okay. They're not even that funny now. I feel like I've, uh, I feel like I've, I've uh, overblown their excitement. But uh, I don't know. I just some of this stuff just captures my, <laughs> my view about this. Um, stop posting about rights. The government is trying to protect us from the virus. This is and for those of you who aren't aware. <laughs> of these, this is like totally. I just. <laughs> I don't know why this picture is so funny to me, but this picture's <laughs> hilarious to me. This is, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. What's another one? Put that one in the unsafe space uh, <laughs> meme right. thread. Like, this you. one's not as good, I guess, but it's all right. 
Uh, when the coronavirus is over, can we have a rights back government? Best I can do is 1200 bucks. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this show, but it's a good show. Uh, not a good show, but a is good that, Is good that meme. Pawn Stars? This is how I feel. Just this is not even, this is unrelated to coronavirus, but I saw this meme today and I wanted to share it with you all. This is God saying, I have blessed you with reason, logic, and memory. And then a person saying, let's give communism one more shot. And then God blowing up the <laughs> earth with TNT, which if I were God, would be quite tempting sometimes, I will admit. It's a good thing you're not God. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great thing I'm not God. Yes, uh, I wholeheartedly admit I would be a horrible deity. <laughs> so, all right, you want to you wanna talk about some serious stuff now. Is that is thank that you. Yeah, thank you, meme makers. Thank you, meme miners. I'm glad you're still working. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, so there's a couple things I want to talk about. We can start with your your thing because your thing is there's a couple things that are blood boiling. This is one, Carrie. I don't. Uh, oh boy, this is up. blood boiling. I'll just put it up. Okay, this is a Huffington Post article by Emily Cousins. Cousins. Um, this is her headline. I teach at Oxford but I don't want it to win the coronavirus vaccine race. Okay. <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, I assume you're going to, I assume the punchlines are going to come out after you just said that. Are you going to, you going to withhold about, the truth about that? Well, the truth about where she teaches. Well, okay. So this was shared by a friend of mine um, who maybe is watching. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Catherine. Catherine for sharing. Moore. There's the. Catherine Jepson Moore. Yep. Yeah. And so she shared it and said, um, she shared a post by a woman named Helen Dale. And I'll just read it to you. You've got it up there on the screen. Helen says, short note to alert people that the wankstain, <laughs> I love that word, the wankstain who doesn't want Oxford University to develop a coronavirus vaccine because it would make straight white men look good, A, isn't a medical doctor, instead holding a doctorate in feminist fuckwittery, pardon my French, <laughs> B, no, that's doesn't a real teach... thing, Carrie. That's a degree. Yeah. Um, it should be. I have a degree uh, in feminist fuckwittery from Oxford. Hello, fellow finbags. <laughs> uh, B, she doesn't teach at Oxford, but at Oops, Brooks. Sorry. There you go. She doesn't teach at Oxford, but at Brooks, which is a second rate former poly that goes by the nickname of Cowley College. I don't know what that means, but uh, I, she I do. I looked it up. I can tell you if you want. Okay. Uh, so Oxford, the University of Oxford, uh, I'll just read from Wikipedia so there's no bias here. Well, there's Wikipedia bias, but it's certainly not on our side. Oxford, the University of Oxford is a collegiate research university in Oxford, England. There's evidence of teaching as early as 1096, making it the oldest university in the English-speaking world and the world's second oldest university in continuous operation. It's the Oxford that we say like this, Oxford, and we all know Oxford. Okay, Oxford Brooks. Oxford Brookes University is a public university in Oxford, England. It can trace its origins to 1865, when it was founded as the Oxford School of Art. It became a university in 1992, and was renamed to honor its former principal, John Henry Brooks, the only one of the new universities to be named after its founder. Uh, it was also a polytechnical school for a while. Uh, so it's distinctly different and completely unrelated in every way from the University of Oxford, except they're in the same town. Yep. Okay, so she doesn't actually teach at Oxford. And C, while she is an Oxford graduate, it's in PPE. 
okay, and PPE is philosophy, politics, and economics, which is the most embarrassingly bad qualification one can get from the actual Oxford University. Yours, an actual Oxford graduate in a real discipline. Who has taught at Oxford? <laughs> <laughs> there, there she I is. thought that was Emily Cousins. <laughs> Emily Cousins. Um, yeah, and if you, she, she's, she's, it's funny because philosophy, politics, and economics, when you hear that, you're like, well, that shouldn't be useless, but it, but it is because we know oh, what's happened geez. to the philosophy departments in academia. Like we know what's happened to the, the humanities are the ones that went first to ideology, to SJW ideology. Um, and so that's what this woman is preaching in her Huffington Post article. Do you want to, is there a section that you particularly like that you want to read? Uh, I can, I mean, we can go through, I highlighted some stuff, but we should, let's just give an overview. So she, yeah. Uh, she misrepresents herself as studying and subsequently teaching at uh, Oxford, which is not true. From what I can tell, I looked at her LinkedIn. She didn't claim to have teach taught at Oxford. Um, okay, she also has a personal interest in developing a vaccine. So she's, by the way, she's talking to, um, she's talking about this idea that I guess in the news lately has been this idea that Oxford is leading the charge in developing a vaccine potentially. And so not only does she have maybe a reason to be personally, uh, you know, some school spirit associated with this because she teaches, she says she teaches there, uh, but she at least went there. But she has a father who is 72 years old. He's highly social and active. And she says he can't return to his usual ways until a vaccine is developed. So she also has a very personal reason to care about a vaccine. So then she says, so why was my initial relief at hearing Oxford and Imperial, another college, are racing away to develop the vaccine followed by worry? Why, was, why is she worried about this? Well, her degree in women's studies is really the answer. That's why. <laughs> but here's what she's worried about. What if they do develop a vaccine first? What if we win? Well... That might lead to rich countries hoarding supplies. We were too late when it came to stockpiling PPE, personal protection equipment, but we won't be caught out again. The vaccine developed by our finest brains is ours and the Britons who are prioritized for protection. It will be Britons who are prioritized for protection. So, uh, and of course she goes on to say, well, if there is enough vaccine, the UK will be the world's savior. But, but you know, the problem is uh, we might we might use the vaccine on ourselves first and then and then it rears its ugly head carrie who's the villain in every story these stupid social justice warriors have one fucking villain every time who's the villain is it the white man it's the white man <laughs> ding, 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 ding. white man <sighs> white male and oxford educated may not be the only criteria for effective leadership so she's talking about uh, we'll forget the lessons that the pandemic has taught us so far, that the UK and US are in fact not exceptions at the global stage. I don't know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. Yeah, of course. That we are not only vulnerable, but we can also afford to learn lessons from countries regardless of whether they have a, we have a special relationship with them, such as South Korea. Why not China? We, they did a better job uh, locking down their country. Of course, they're an authoritarian dictatorship. Could we learn from them? Uh, that being said, and then she says her, her white male thing. So she's worried that white males are going to get credit. She says the countries whose responses have been most widely praised, Germany and New Zealand, among others, are all led by women. 
that's not true. That's just not true. I've, I actually haven't heard a lot of praise for Germany and New Zealand, but okay. Uh, and the fact that the country that will be most criticized is run by a white male is by virtue of the fact that that man's name is Donald Trump and the press spends 99% of their time criticizing Donald Trump. So, uh, of course. This, but, you know, the country is... that this came from was also run by men, just to be clear. You know what? Here's the thing. It shouldn't matter to you the race and gender of someone who comes up with a cure for a disease. What is wrong with you? Your ideology is is so much more important to you than anything else. You have to filter everything through your stupid racist belief system. This is no better than the uh, radical Islamists who said that that if that if Israel came up with a vaccine, they they would tell people they would tell Muslims not to use it. You know, right. that if it were Jews who came up with it, they go, oh, don't use it. This is the same thing. It's no better than radical Islamists saying this. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> I, I just, this is, it, yes, it blew my crazy. mind. They're crazy. Um, but Carrie, here's the problem. You didn't understand this, Carrie. There's a problem with races. Did you know what it is? What? Races have winners and losers. <laughs> if my university is the first to develop the vaccine, I'm worried that it will be used as it has been in the past. To fulfill its political patriotic function as proof of British excellence. Yes. Um, by the way, uh, this is what a PhD in philosophy from Oxford. Oh, no, she didn't get it from uh, her PhD is not from Oxford, I don't think. Maybe. Oh, by the way, look at the bottom. She, this is what she does for a living. She researches <laughs> vulnerability. <laughs> And gender, of course she does. And she teaches in the Women's Studies Master's program. Of course she does. Yeah, so just be clear, she has a bachelor's from the actual Oxford in philosophy, politics, and economics. A master's in women's studies from the real Oxford. But her PhD is from Oxford Brooks, and that's where she teaches. Uh, so that this is from her LinkedIn profile. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, Carrie... Um, I don't know what, I mean, what do you expect? So just to be clear, the, um, the ideology that is currently in control of the entire cathedral, including prestigious universities and especially prestigious universities, uh, is more concerned with racial optics than cures uh, for diseases or death of people. And by the way, uh, I don't think it's at all clear that if a vaccine were developed by Oxford or anywhere else, um, based on what I've seen, I don't think it's at all clear that the formula for that vaccine would not be shared globally for free. I mean, that's how everyone has been treating this virus so far. There has been no proprietary information anywhere. People have been sharing far and wide their research. They've been sharing. Uh, obviously, the the sequencing was shared right away as soon as as soon as we had as soon as it was available. Um, uh, every piece of research has been shared. Um, information has been shared. There's no. I don't know where the idea comes from that like. If this university develops a vaccine they're going to what hide it in a closet and be the only people to use it. I, I don't, they will likely share it worldwide. And that way, all the people that you care about that aren't white 
in the rest of the world can use their own but, facilities to make it. But she doesn't want that either, Carter. Did you notice she doesn't want either eventuality? If Oxford comes up with a vaccine, she doesn't want them to share it either because then if it was a white man who helped develop it, then all oh, white men get the credit. So she doesn't want either thing to happen. She just doesn't want them to come up with a cure, period. Yes, because yes. she's her, her racism and her sexism is larger than any other concern. And Dr. Yeah. K just joined us and she said... She said, uh, hello, everyone. Where is it? Oh, the chat's already moving back. Hey, all, looks like I've entered the chat with a highly credible article. <laughs> As always, Dr. K. As always. Well, this person is a PhD, Dr. K. So you can't argue with her because her PhD is in philosophy. What is it? Politics, philosophy, and economics. I don't know. She researches vulnerability and gender. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's got okay. a, a Whammon studies degree. Um yeah, Carrie, just to emphasize something you're saying, it's just so people know you're not making this up about this author. This is what she says. This is her fear. The story will be clear. This is her success fear. The story will be clear. China, once again, has unleashed a threat to civilization, but the best brains of the UK have saved the world. So she's worried about that narrative. Um, I don't actually think this is much different than... Uh, this is, this is the leftist psychology generally. It's the reason why, if you ask a lot of leftists whether they would, uh, if you say like, oh, would you rather everyone make the same amount, but that amount be 50K a year, or, um, or most people make 75K a year, but some people make $10 million a year. Um, they will choose the former rather than the later. Instead of, like, they don't care about raising everyone's standard of living. They don't want everyone to be raised up. What they care about is that some people are too far ahead of other people. They, they care about the disparity more than the general welfare. And so uh, it's this, I think it's the exact same mentality, right? She does not care about the general welfare of the world. She cares about the disparity and optics of, like, well, it can't be white people that develop it because, you know... That's, yeah. that's unfair. There's some unfairness there. We can't have a cure early if that early cure comes with a little bit of unfairness. Quote, unfairness. This is, just, this is just an extension of what they've been doing in schools anyway, which is denigrating meritocracy, um, coming up with uh, programs that they say, that they claim are an attempt to increase uh, racial and gender diversity but which actually punish people on the basis of gender and race. It's, it's just a continuation of that. It's like, you can't succeed. We don't want you to succeed, even if what you're succeeded in, succeeding in would help humankind. We don't want you to succeed and the, if based on whatever your race and sex is. That's the definition of a racist and a sexist. That's a racist and sexist belief. It's like that girl that we profiled who won the essay um, contest at her school for writing about Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And then they they were up, people were upset and the school apologized because she was white. Uh, you know, oh, oh this yeah, was a, I forgot about yeah, that. Remember that? Yeah. This is a great essay. You wrote yeah. the best essay. You oh, won the contest, white. but you're so white, so you shouldn't have won the contest. Oh, you shouldn't have won because you're white. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, Carrie, um, I want to assure you that not all not all economics degrees are worthless. Um, I would like to present have? another famous economist. <laughs> <laughs> this person has an economics degree. 
Uh, I think it's a degree in international relations and economics from Boston University. Let's hear what she has to say. By the way, before you play yeah. this, yeah. here's the thing about AOC. <laughs> I laugh at her out loud sometimes, the same way I laugh about Trump and did laugh about him earlier. One thing she has in common with him, I think, it, uh, is aside from making me laugh, <laughs> is um, she is actually really good at social media. And for the people who um, she's speaking to, the people who are in her tribe, she they love it they love it the same way that people who are in trump's tribe love it you know so i i will give her props for i mean she's good at messaging it doesn't win me over but anyway go ahead i just wanted to say that right uh we can talk about that in a minute but here's here's her here's her advice this is the economist uh there's a lot that we could be doing right now but ultimately the I think when we talk about this idea of reopening society, you know, only in America does the president, when the president tweets about liberation, does he mean go back to work? When we, you know, have this discussion about going going back or reopening, I think a lot of people should just say, no, we're not going back to that. We're not going back to working 70 hour weeks just so that we could put food on the table and not even feel any sort of semblance of security in our lives. So I think Carrie, I think the problem is you don't understand economics. You're, I think you're muted also. That might be a problem. Oh, sorry. I unmuted. (laughs) Um, This is just a weird, this is a weird line of thinking to me. I think it's, it's, um, She's talking to people who don't want to work, right? This appeals to people who don't want to work, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Um, because people who don't want to work, by the way, thank you, Epistavist. Uh, oh, thank you, Epistavist. He, uh, he says, woke activists don't want white men to save the world, but they expect white men to fight climate change. Uh, yes, and... Um, Carrie doesn't even know this. I ended up having a chat with uh, the guy who founded JunkScience.com yesterday, randomly, and I and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a show out of it, and we're gonna I'm gonna put it up uh, because I watched the reason I had a chat with him is I watched the Michael Moore documentary that came out. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, yes, <laughs> they expect white men to fight climate change. Uh, suffice to say, that is true. Um, but Carrie, you were making some points about AOC. I mean, look, she is the reason she can talk to people who don't work is because uh, they they are a large enough voting block now, or people at least who don't want to work. They're a large enough voting block that uh, it matters. It 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 should be it should be that if you appeal to lazy people, they're not enough to vote you into office because there's not enough people who aren't working or or whatever. But that's not the world we live in anymore. You can you can literally say, "Hey, this work thing is a dumb idea," and people, no one is smart enough to understand that. Uh, no worky, no eaty. That's how like nature like doesn't work. You don't you don't wake up on a desert island and be like, "Where's my Domino's?" Like that doesn't. That's not Where how they- the world works. Where do they think the government checks come from? These stimulus checks, for example, these $1,200 checks, they come from your neighbor. They come from everybody's tax money because they're being taxed 
on the work that they do, and then you want a piece of that to do nothing? Yeah, that's, just... that's what they want. <laughs> I'm glad you understand now how economics works. I'm uh, starting to understand. <laughs> it's taking yeah. me a while. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they want. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, I don't know what the calculations are because I haven't looked recently, but I think, you know, if you add up people who aren't working plus people who get paid from the government. Now, the reason I think you need to add the government people in there is the paychecks, even if you think that the government is, quote, essential or important or, or whatever, which obviously I disagree with, um, you can't argue with the fact that the money that they get comes out of the economy. That's how it is. That's how they get paid, right? That they get paid through taxes. So they're an extraction. They're extracting money from the economy. They're not adding money back into the economy. They're pulling money out. So if you add up the number of people who aren't working at all and the number of people who directly work for the government, and we can even carve out defense contractors and that kind of stuff, which is a whole separate issue. Um, but if you if you just add up those people, uh, I think they're by far a majority of of adults at this point. So it's a min it's a it's a minority. It's probably I don't know what the number is, but I th I thought it was somewhere around a third of the country that's actually supporting everyone else. Um, the people who are actually working, not getting money from the government, um, actually being productive and are producing tax dollars that uh, are I'll call them virgin tax dollars that that didn't come through the government at all. Right? If you work for a defense contractor, your your paycheck is not virgin tax dollars because uh, it. It, someone else was taxed, given to the government, they gave it to Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin paid you, and then you paid some of it back to the government, like it's not, it's not clean. So there's very, very few people in the country actually supporting the entire rest of the country. And those are people who are actually working and, and not for the government. It, it also strikes me as like, so I, I uh, recently I started reading part of Walden, um, Henry David Thoreau, which I don't think I ever read in school. And, you know, she's not proposing. Uh, it doesn't sound like she's not proposing people go out and do an experiment like Thoreau did and live in the woods by themselves with no possessions <laughs> and, you know, uh, eat off the light. She's not proposing that. She's proposing that they continue living this consumer lifestyle, but that someone else pay for it. Like, you know, your iPhone, everything, your luxury designer wear, all of the, the entertainment, the things that you enjoy, your Netflix account, but like somebody else should pay for it because it's really unfair that you should have to work. I mean, isn't that, that's like the, the basis, I think, of that. It's an appeal to... Um, it's an appeal to uh, selfishness and entitlement in a way, like in the entitlement that you deserve these things and that somehow the government that, and I put that in quotes cause it's not the government giving you that check. It's your neighbor's work. It's your neighbor's labor, but that the government should pay you. Yeah. It's weird. And, and I would, there's a, there's also a component of envy as well because they typically say, you know, AOC is not going to say um, your neighbor who works 60 hours a week, should support you, um, and and who you know has three kids and barely makes you know makes ends meet. That's not what she's going to say. She's going to say, uh, you know, 
Bill Gates and rich. It's rich people. It's Bill Gates and those people. Like they should support you. Um, they should support you. Yeah. Yeah. But again, so there's a there's also this touch of envy in there as well. Um, but it is definitely appealing to entitlement, envy, and um, and you know it 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 only is appealing to people with a hollowed out sense of self-respect, and I think that gets hollowed out through public education and um, our culture generally in kids. But you can't. Have you ever tried to like be someone's ward? I, I like. I don't even like getting presents from people because I feel like I owe them. <laughs> now that's probably my own psychological problem. I, I get yeah. that, but like, it's 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 not getting something that you didn't earn doesn't make you feel better. Um, it's soul destroying, and you can only appeal. That appeal only works to people. Uh, works for people who have no sense of dignity, no sense of self-worth. And it's the people who, if you really care about people, you you free them up to um, be successful on their own, to be self-sustaining, to be able to take care of themselves. Like that makes people feel better. You have a sense of self-esteem. Your self-esteem is partly developed by efficacy. It's like you show yourself through your actions that you are capable of dealing with the world and supporting yourself. Um, and someone with a healthy self-esteem, I don't think those, that doesn't appeal to them. None of that appeals to them at all because it's the idea of, e even if even if this could work economically, which it can't, I don't want to be Warren Buffett's mistress. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want Jeff Bezos to pay for my lifestyle. That's not what I want. I don't want to be on the dole from all these rich people or my neighbors. Like, oh. That doesn't make me feel good as a human. Um, it's like being, it's like, again, it's like being a farm animal. I want to be a farm animal and have somebody else feed me and tell me what to do. It's, it's weird. Um, yeah. So in chat, hold on. Smokey said, I tried living in the woods with nothing but a box of matches and a knife. I lasted only two and a half days because of my longing for Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> That made me laugh. I was just thinking about what if Thoreau had been like, I got to get back to civilization. The Doritos are really good. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, anyway. that's the thing. And, and the, the thing that you'll learn when we, when I, uh, when I do this, um, uh, video on the Michael Moore documentary, uh, about clean energy is the through line here of the environmental movement. Actually, they, they do recognize what you're saying, Carrie, and they don't shun away from it. They're not the woman who wrote Walden. Like they're not, they're not saying someone else has to pay for our consumerism. They're saying we need to return to savagery. Like we need to, like we need primitive society. We need to dial back our standard of living and uh, and you know go back to practically a hunter gatherer society. They don't say that explicitly, but that's the message in. Um, that, that's their message, and there's no other conclusion to draw from uh, their, their propaganda or anything they talk about. Like, they do want to destroy modern civilization because ultimately, if you don't want to burn fossil fuels, and if you don't wanna, <laughs> if you don't wanna have uh, cheap energy, there's, there's only one alternative. You, you gotta not have energy, and if you don't have energy, you have 
primitive lifestyle. Like that's there's no other, there's no magic wand. So, um, yeah, they totally know that. But thank you, thank you, Daniel, for the super chat and for the very kind words. Oh, I missed the super chat. Sorry, Daniel. I will stick it in. I'm not even. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Elva Kara says you're not a farm animal. You're a tax donkey. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I don't, I think, I think donkeys get more freedom than you do. I think you're, you're like a tax cow. Uh, you get milked and donkeys, donkeys get more freedom. Um, oh, so Carrie, there's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, I don't, did you see this? I'm just going to start with this. Did you see this? No. Oh, but it's one of my, it's one of my favorites. Brian Stelter, everybody. Brian Stelter. Oh. By the way, we just realized uh, Mikey Mikey Harlow, Mike Harlow, who's been on our show before. He he just had a birthday, and he and he posted that um, that Stelter is only like a couple years older than him, which is amazing because it makes you think about age, and like for me, it makes me think about psychological age and emotional age, and just the uh, I don't know the age the age that people put forth in the world that you. I think sometimes people can, uh, I, I, I think some older people appear much younger to me and sometimes younger people appear much older. And Stelter is one of those people who he just looks like a aged baby. <laughs> like, doesn't he, he? he does. Honestly, the thing, I mean, maybe people in chat can disagree with me about my own assessment of my age looks, but I'm more than a decade. I don't know what I'm, I'm probably, I'm like way more than a decade, not way more. I'm more than a decade older than that dude. And I look at that dude on CNN and I'm like, that there's something wrong. I don't feel like I look more than a decade older. <laughs> Man, like no, that's that's bad. That's bad. You're, I know I got energy, the like the old guy glasses thing going, but you know, other your than that. energy is is very young compared to his, his energy's weird. I don't know. He's a weird little guy. That's what Car uh, Tucker Carlson called him. Anyway, okay, no, I didn't see this. I'd like to. Uh, see All right, it. well, you're you will love it. A few people sent it to me, including the uh, the lovely. Gleaming white, Maria Tuscan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. Uh, let's see. Um, we've actually seen a 75% increase in the um, um, news coming from authoritative sources since the beginning of 2020. Um, so we've seen a, a lot of demand there. Um, but then we also. What does that mean? That means an increase in, in video views for those? Yeah. And so we talk about that as raising authoritative information. Um, but then we also talk about um, removing information that is problematic. You know, of course, anything that is medically unsubstantiated to so people saying, like, take vitamin C, um, you know, um, take turmeric, like, those are all will cure you. Um, those are the examples of things that would be a violation of our policy. Um, anything that would go against World Health Organization recommendations would be a violation of our policy. And so remove is another really important part of our policy. So wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with taking vitamin C and taking turmeric. Turmeric is really good at um, combating inflammation. Like, why would they be against that? Well, uh, as as your overlord just explained, Carrie, uh, <laughs> can't believe you don't understand. Uh, the World Health Organization doesn't recommend it. Therefore, it is wrong. Does that well, as, clarify? Oh, got it. Yeah, the World Health Organization, which we've covered before, which also said, don't wear masks. It won't help. 
which also said at the beginning, by the way, thank you for the super chat. I can never say that word. EC Homer. EC Homer. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, they, they put out a lot of misinformation and had to correct themselves. I mean, consistently, they've been wrong on almost everything. They said there was no human-to-human transmission. They said we didn't have to worry about anything here, that it was contained to China for a while. They were saying, you know, it's not a, it seems like it's a thing within China only. They said, don't wear a mask. And now because the WHO is saying, don't take, you shouldn't take vitamin. We've, this is common wisdom that they're now telling us to question. Vitamin C is good for you. Vitamin D is good. That's why it's good to go outside in the sunshine. Vitamin D is good for you. That is true. And, uh, Carrie, it's funny that you bring this up. Um, I looked. What's the latest? This is the latest I could find. Uh, This is from April 6th from the World Health Organization. Advice on the use of masks. Have they changed? Was that just an old thing where they said not to use masks? Let's look, shall we? Hmm. Medical masks should be reserved for healthcare workers. April 6th, everyone. The use of medical masks in the community may create a false sense of security with neglect of other essential measures, such as hand hygiene practices and physical distancing, and may lead to touching the face under the masks because you are all morons. And under the eyes, resulting in unnecessary costs and take masks away from those healthcare, those in healthcare who need them most, especially when masks are in short supply. So dummies should not use, proletariat doesn't get masks, guys. That's the recommendation. Uh, Also, let's just move on a little bit here. Advice to decision makers on the use of masks for healthy people in community settings. As described above, the wide use of masks by healthy people in the community setting is not supported by current evidence and carries uncertainties and critical risks. WHO offers the following advice to decision makers. So they may apply a risk-based approach. And then they they go on in in some of this. But look, even today, even now, (laughs) they are still, still saying, well, masks aren't for everyone. (laughs) Don't want to use too many masks. Um, Also... Uh, the other the other thing I wanted to sh- show you here, Carrie, was uh, let me see if I can well, find this. Real quick about the vitamin C, because this is yeah, interesting, yeah. and I need to and turmeric. I need to, yep. and turmeric, and I need to read more about it. But yes, uh, like um, was it Tina or Jennifer in chat said? I always confuse Tina and Jennifer. One of them said they take turmeric. Yeah, little ragamuffin says I have arthritis and take turmeric every damn day. It works great for inflammation. It does. It works really great for for inflammation, and vitamin C. Somebody was correctly pointing out um, that I'm looking at a Science Daily article right here. It's a a, a study why do, why high dose vitamin C kills cancer cells, um, and it's talking about how cancer researchers have honed in on how high dose vitamin C can kill cancer cells. Vitamin C breaks down in the body to generate hydrogen peroxide, which can damage tissue and DNA. The new study shows that tumor cells with low levels of catalyzed is that the word? Calyze enzyme activity are much less capable of removing hydrogen peroxide than normal cells and are more susceptible to damage and death when they are exposed to high doses of vitamin C. I mean, I need to learn more about vitamin C because it's for me, it's just one of those common wisdom things that we've always known is, is that it's good for you. So it's so weird to see them criticizing something that's used um, that, that that's used in every home that we've always known that's in, you know, make sure you get your vitamin C. I just, I just find that really, I mean, I know everything they've put out so far has been suspect, but that to me is like really bizarre. Why wouldn't they want you taking vitamin C? Well, so let's, anyway. let's, um, let's just remind ourselves something for a minute. Um, 
first of all, the World Health Organization is uh, it's a political body, right? This is a this is part of the UN. So <clears throat> this is not a coalition of doctors. I mean, there are doctors involved, but this is a primarily a political body. So they will have an agenda based on the politics of of the UN. Also, the other thing that's important is to understand is this is not how there's no such thing as settled science. This is not how science works actually. There um, will be and will always be conflicting opinions from experts in scientific fields about a variety of things. And the human body is so inherently complex that we don't understand it. There's, um, and and we, we may never understand it fully. Uh, there are plenty of ancient practices from non-Western medicine that haven't been studied through a scientific um, method. And so... We don't really know. We can't say that they're good because they haven't been demonstrated empirically. But but someone can use them. They might not be bad. They might be. We, we don't know. But not knowing is, is fine. And sometimes those practices actually turn out to be uh, useful because they are, although not the result of a scientific process, they're nevertheless an accumulation of uh, experiences over the course of millennia in its culture, and they tend to kind of uh, hone in on something that that works. And so, the idea that we know for certain anything about this—well, uh, not anything. Obviously, we know some things for certain. But the idea that like there can't be conflicting advice about what to do about maybe vitamin C does help. Will it cure it? Uh, obviously not. But that's not. You know, the idea that there are there's settled science and that anything the WHO recommends is the end of your search. You don't have to... They love authoritative sources, right? The, the whole idea of looking for an authoritative source is pretty um, disgusting for someone who runs a platform to be doing. Because um, platform is about exchange of ideas. It's about questioning authoritative sources, partly. That's why you have a conversation. If you only had authoritative sources, you wouldn't need a platform for anything except for cat videos, right? Like... Just knowledge comes down on high from the authorities. Don't bother to question sheeple. Be done. Like that's not that's not a useful conversation. That doesn't move the progress of the world forward. You need to have questioning authority, um, and some of those questions are going to be crazy people who say, you know, uh, <laughs> drinking vitamin C will cure COVID. Like, fine. Some of those people are going to be crazy, but. There is no definitive source, and the fact that they're saying the WHO is definitive is particularly concerning because the WHO is a political body um, full of globalists. And I just want to bring up one example um, of something else. If we're going to go down this path of the World Health Organization being a definitive source, let's just look at this. This affects me in particular. I'm mostly on the carnivore diet. Uh, I sometimes have non-carnivore stuff, but I'm basically carnivore. Um, and a lot of people are, by the way. And a lot of people, just to be clear, I don't. I'm not saying carnivore is the only nutritious thing to do. I don't know this. Like, there's a lot of confusion out there. It works for me pretty well. It works for other people pretty well. It helps them with some ailments. It seems to have some real steam behind it. There's scientific evidence for it. And there's other people who claim they have scientific evidence against it. That's fine. And everybody's body's different, you know. Right. So I'm not. I'm not saying there's yeah. one answer. However. Here's WHO. This is their healthy diet recommendations. 
Now, there's a word, so let's just, I'm not gonna walk through them all, but a healthy diet includes fruits, vegetables, 40 grams of fruits and vegetables a day, uh, less than 10% of intake from sugars, fine, less than 30% energy from fat, um, less than five grams of salt. Watch me do a search on this page, you ready? Protein? Yep, pro oh, it's not gonna let me, oh wait, hold on, I gotta. Is that what you're looking for though? Yep, I'm gonna look for the word protein. Zero. That was my that was my first thought. Where is protein on here? <laughs> the word protein is not here. I haven't looked look for the word meat. Here we go. Uh, oh, they say the fat you're not supposed to have can be found in meat. Uh, that's all they say about meat there. Uh, eating reduced and lean meats is better for your fit. So that's in the context of fat. There's no protein. No protein mentioned on this entire page. Now, do they? Do do they mention bug eating? Because remember when they were all, uh, all <laughs> I the media was pushing, I don't think they would use the word bug anyway. Bug no. <laughs> Insect. <laughs> no, they don't. But my, my point with this is if we're going to have the World Health Organization's recommendations be uh, God's word on YouTube, um, well, I, I guess they have to censor everyone who has alternative uh, diet recommendations. Um, and... This is, I, this is authoritarianism. I mean, they're they're taking another. This is the great leap forward for YouTube. <laughs> this is YouTube's great leap forward. Aha! Now we have another reason we can use health to justify uh, censorship of people we don't like. Because what we're going to do is we're going to attach ourselves to the WHO claim that everything they say is the Bible. And anything that goes against, and I don't, I, I don't think it's far fetched that we will see in the coming years YouTube taking down videos that go against WHO guidelines for other things like nutrition and healthy diet. They will yeah. be doing the same thing because they've set a precedent and they've said, well, this is what we've got to do. Um, you know, it's it goes against the WHO guidelines, and their retarded view of science is that what politicians from the UN say about health is fact. It pisses me off. Thank you for pointing this out because I hadn't seen that. And I mean, we've been following the YouTube censorship for a while now and they, it's continually gotten worse. And those who aren't aware, a few months ago, they instituted a, yet another policy update where they said they're going to be um, pushing up authoritative content and pushing down the things that they, they say are uh, not authoritative. So that means it's really hard now to even find videos from independent content creators like us or um, even those with huge followings, with millions of followers. It's hard to find their videos now. Even if you know the title of the video, it's like on the sixth page of search results because they'll show you the first six pages will all be unrelated clips from MSNBC, CNN, uh, the late night show. Oh, did you mean this from the Daily Show? Oh, did you mean this from you know Colbert? No, I, I'm not looking for. I'm looking for independent media. That's what YouTube used to be about. But now it's all about they're pushing the legacy media crap. They're calling it authoritative, and now they're in bed with who the WHO. The same way Facebook. We saw this in another video. Facebook is now working with. They're going to they're going to start uh, censoring based on what the WHO says. That's kind of just like you said, the great leap forward. It's getting to a point where like at the beginning, when we first started talking about the censorship, 
when when the, all the platforms collectively banned, and it, this wasn't the beginning, but this was one of their big blows, was when they all banned Alex Jones. And we said at the time, this is a test case. They're looking to see if they can get away with this without the public causing an uproar. And they picked a, a big target because he had a big following, but they also were smart. They were strategic about it. They picked a big target with a big following who's also um, really disliked by a lot of people. And so, and they were, they were effective. They, nobody, there wasn't a huge stink in the media. Friends of mine who claimed to be liberals were cheering his censorship, seemingly with no um, foresight about how this could affect them or affect other people down the road, not realizing this is part of a chain of events, you know, that one day it's Alex Jones, the next day it's, it's me or somebody, they, they were cheering it. And then they were, they were pushing to get him banned also from Twitter, which he was. So back then I was like, okay, I guess some people aren't awake. Their eyes aren't open. They're not aware of what's happening. But now we're at a point where I'm like, don't you feel like you have to really be committed to blindness to not see what's happening, to not see that they're, they're, um, this is all about control of information, control of ideas, control of what you're allowed to think and speak and who you're allowed to talk to and, and, and um, you know, control of people. That's how you control people with language and ideas and access to information. It's, yep. it's, it, it's baffling to me. And it's not just about, part of it's about controlling the narrative and, and it's ideological. Like, the, you know, we know that a lot of these social media companies are um, beholden to SJW ideology, but it's not just about ideology. I think it's also about the changing landscape. They're trying to protect the legacy media. The legacy it's media about sees. Power. It's about power. Yeah. And so, no. So yeah, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to you, say, YouTube started out as an underdog, right? They started out despising legacy media and trying to um, undermine television, right? network television and the big producers because they had their own set of content creators coming up and, and making things. But once they got large enough uh, and powerful enough, uh, I think it became very clear to YouTube and slash Alphabet, who's the parent company, uh, it became very clear to them that actually uh, the best way to maintain their power, now that they're big, the best way to maintain their power uh, is to, and, and by the way, I still think they intend to kill mainstream media. I absolutely think they intend to kill mainstream media. Um, but I think the way that they're going to do it is um, they first promote mainstream media as authoritative sources. They, they use that to kill off competition. So they really enshrine those authoritative sources as the only sources. And then what they can do, they may not actually end up owning the media themselves because there might be antitrust laws about that. But what they can do then is when they have just a few people at the table, let's say they have five or six companies total to deal with that, that are now authoritative sources. Well, now YouTube can really play them against each other, and they've got a lot of leverage with respect to advertising dollars and everything else, where they can pick and choose winners, they've got complete control, they can um, negotiate much better. It's hard to it's hard to play hardball if you've got a million publishers of news, but if you've got five, you can play hardball with them, and you can uh, you can negotiate. You're much more strong position negotiating uh, because. You can tell any one of those five, well, we can just stop making you authoritative at any point we want, and we can we can we can drop you from the the circle of trust. Uh, and so I, I don't I don't see this ending for them at all. No, I think you I think you might be right, and I also think 
I, I hope that people start I hope they start getting sued for fraud because YouTube is doing what you've pointed out that Twitter Twitter did, which is at the beginning they pretend to be a free speech platform and they attract a very large user base of average citizens, independent content creators, and they and those content creators and the millions of millions and millions of hours of content they create, videos and, and on Twitter on their tweets, their content, their articles, they're sharing, whatever, that's that's they're creating the content, they attract the users, and then once they become behemoths, once they become a Goliath, um, and they're, it's easy for them to squash any competitors to buy them up or to squash them, then they say, we, then, then they reveal the fact that it's all been a lie. It's not, about, um, it's not about a meritocracy, it's not about having the best content and attracting an, an audience, now it's about them like they've progressively gotten more and more censorious where it's like they're just now they're full on. We're going to censor. We're going to control everything. But I remember back when when YouTube first started getting popular, I worked in entertainment and I used to manage comedians. And one of the comics I managed, oh, my gosh, he's so funny. You guys might remember this is over 10 years ago, the Kelly Shoes video. If there's any women or gay men watching, you'll remember this video is like shoes, shoes like that video. And he, he went huge, and this is back before, it was right before they started um, bringing in influencers and they started, um, they started cultivating what they called spotlight videos, and then they had editors. So at the beginning, it was whatever was popular rose to the top, okay? But then they were like, these things happen slowly and incrementally. Then they're like, okay, now we're gonna have editors, and you have to know someone at YouTube and approach them and get your video promoted, just like old, you know, lamestream media, just like legacy media. Um, it went from have, and, and then it went from that to what we see today, which is like, they have an entire army of people censoring content of watching videos and deciding what to pull down. Um, and it, and it's just really changed and it's, and it's fraud. Those early creators, like my old client who brought in millions of people just with their creativity, like they brought the audience there and then YouTube, just like Twitter is like, okay, now we've, we've gotten big enough that we're going to show our fists. We're going to show you who we really are. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely fraud. Um, and this is something that this, this is, this is why, this is why they, I don't want to say this. This is why you end up with, when you have a regulated system you end up with when companies get big. So YouTube started out as a startup. They were purchased by Google, right? Eventually, um, and you know when when Google gets big enough, they're no longer. When a company gets large enough, what they start to worry about is is smaller competitors usurping them. When they're small, they almost kind of welcome competition often because sometimes they're carving out um, what's called like blue ocean. They're, they're carving out a new area of, of industry that hasn't been done before. And actually sometimes competitors are actually good because the competitors are spreading the word about this new area that people should be paying attention to. Um, there's uh, lots of market share. So the competition isn't, isn't that bad of a thing because you can still grow your business. But once you become large enough that you uh, own most of the market, it's an established market and you're the main player in it. Uh, suddenly capitalism doesn't look good to you anymore. And, and I'll, I'll say free market. Free market doesn't look good to you anymore. It's not an attractive option uh, because 
you don't like the idea of other people. Like you have a lot to lose now. Now you've got, you're making billions of dollars a year. Uh, it's pretty easy to run your business. Like it's hard to run YouTube when it fa what's founded. That's hard. It's actually not super hard to run it now. I mean, it's difficult. It's a big business and it's complex and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's not like, it's not like you got to worry about some upstart coming in and not dethroning you. That's, it's not a, it's a cash cow. Now that you've got your cash cow, what you really want to make sure is you defend your cash cow. You don't want someone else coming in and dethroning you. And so your, your allegiance, you know, at, while at the beginning you might have had an allegiance, a very practical allegiance to free market competition and letting the little guy win and, you know, no regulation and doing your thing. Uh, once you're ensconced and you're big, your allegiance shifts to, well, actually the current structure is great for me and it can't change at all. I don't want anything to change. Uh, I want the way that the current structure is to keep going because I've got a cash cow. Uh, and, you know, that's just what happens. Can we do a meta thing? I want to show people behind yeah. the scenes of this episode while we're watching this episode. I want to show you something. There's a reason for this. So okay. here's the, this is our video right now that we're doing. Let me make it bigger a little bit. I don't know if I can here. Hold on. So this is our video. We're in this video all together right now. I don't have monetization turned on, but I'm going to show you something they added uh, if I'm going to turn monetization on, I'm going to show you what I have to do now. So I'm going to hit monetization. And just like the IRS asks you to uh, incriminate yourself by signing something every year so they can use it against you, YouTube does this now with every video. This, this entire box did not used to be here. So now it, it's asking you to self-report. Does your video's content, title, description, or keywords contain any of the following? Inappropriate language adult content, violence, harmful dangerous acts, drug-related content, hateful content, maybe offensive to a marginalized group, but is used for education. Like, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. Wow. Well, I know what that means. I, I, yeah, I know. Firearms-related yeah. content. And this is the best one. Well, this is recently the one I've been dealing with. Sensitive issues. Wow. Analysis or opinion around serious and topical events not described above, such as COVID-19. So I have had oh. on every video that we've made where we mentioned COVID-19, I click this box. Because and then we don't get and then we don't get monetized. No, right? we do sometimes get some sort of monetized, but what, what I'm doing is I have to self-report because if I don't click this box, what will happen is um if I don't go through here and do this honestly, and they discover that we mentioned COVID-19, then we'll get a strike against us likely, or we'll get in trouble. And, but, but when I do click this, it doesn't mean I will get monetized. I, my guess is they're going to use this now as a flag to review our content, right? Now they're going to be like, oh, yeah. they talked about COVID-19. What should we do with them? Let's go have a social justice warrior uh, review the content to see what they're saying. Um, wow. So I just wanted and people is, to understand this that this is arbitrary. This is like what you talked about, or you talked about with, um, maybe it was with um, Chris Ann Hall, maybe it was with the constitutional lawyer, I can't remember, but you were talking about the the enforcement of laws arbitrarily. So the more laws that you have, the more rife they are for abuse and corruption and, and for powerful people to abuse them and to single people out. A good example of this is if you have, if you have a prejudiced or racist uh, 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 or a corrupt um, local government or police force, 
then you could see them being able to arbitrarily apply laws to, you know, pulling people over because of their race or something, because they, then there's more laws for them to choose from. And to, this is arbitrary. They set up all of this and you know, for damn sure, you know, for damn sure that they're not reviewing anything that if CNN is talking about COVID fine, you know, any, right. any of their so-called authoritative sources, if the WHO is posting a video, they're not, even if they have to check that box that says we're talking about COVID, they're not getting reviewed. You know, they're allowed to talk about these things without it being a, a possibility of them, if, of some rule, be a strike being arbitrarily used against them. This is the, um, they're laying the groundwork to be able to then say, you broke the rules, we're going to bring strikes against you, but they're doing it in arbitrary fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Blackbeard. Um, Blackbeard says, <clears throat> YouTube, does your context contain content? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. Um, That's funny. That's I, really I know what you clever. meant. You meant content contain context. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does your content contain content? I think is what you meant. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean. Meant, I think you meant the way you wrote it, which is funny, but go ahead. And I think, I don't I think he corrected it later. But yeah. regardless, it's funny. I mean, it, it's. Um, it is the arbitrary. So I, I've talked about this with. This is why there are all these social media sites this is why they have um you know people are like oh we need to have clear rules so we know under we understand and the problem with the hate speech language is it's unclear like that's what people argue against the problem with your your code of conduct is it's unclear your terms of service are unclear they're never going to fix that it's unclear intentionally just like laws are uh n too numerous to count and certainly too numerous to ever understand and comprehend by one person there's a reason for that if you make everything illegal, then you can enforce whatever you want against whomever you want, whenever you want. And that's what YouTube's going to do. YouTube can, uh, with with these sets of rules, likely go after anyone they want for anything. And they can justify it. And Susan will stand up there on CNN and say, well, we're just enforcing our policy. It's a very clear policy. And um, it's very clear. And they've they've agreed and they've violated. So we, we enforce our policy. And she's lying. She's a lying bitch. She's not enforcing policy she's enforcing ideology and she's doing that uh, by using policy vague policy as a weapon that's what she's doing wow um somebody had a good point i think it was becky said who isn't talking about covid right now i mean except for the cat videos right <laughs> like it would be funny if we have to start going underground and doing like we're talking about COVID, but we have um, code words for COVID, like different cat or let's just do the whole show with cats <laughs> like or bring your cat on. You know, this is just a cat channel. <laughs> I was wearing a mask because I was worried about catching cats at the store. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sarah, for the super chat. Do you think they should be cut up? I think she means like the monop these, these think, social yeah, media monopolies. She means, I think, yeah. Uh, um, I have an opinion. Do you go ahead? You go. You go ahead. I want to hear yours. Uh, no, I don't think they should be. I'm against. Uh, I'm against antitrust laws. Um, however, uh, I do think they do not qualify for the uh, platform carve out they are currently enjoying. So I think because YouTube is censoring, they should be made 100% liable for everything that anyone ever says on their platform. And they and be sued out of existence uh, because they're not a platform; they are editorializing. And once you editorialize, 
you are no longer a platform, you're a publisher that makes you liable legally, and that law should be enforced, and they should be sued out of existence. Uh, the technology behind YouTube was difficult uh, when they were founded. Now it's not difficult. Uh, you know, um, I think their JW player can do the same thing. Like there's open source stuff that can do this. There's plenty of alternatives. Uh, anyone can can take their place, but no one can take their place so long as they're the the 800 pound gorilla in the room and they're getting away with. Uh, not being liable in uh, in the case where other companies would be liable, right? If if you know someone brought up, I think it was, uh, I think it was Thomas uh, Jeremiah Thomas the other day in chat. Someone someone brought this up uh, the other day in chat. Where it was saying like, if Sprint, they brought the example of Sprint. Like, look, if Sprint or AT and T, if they were saying, well, we're only gonna we're gonna censor conversations that where people give advice that's contrary to the World Health Organization. <laughs> like, they would lose their protection under under the Communications Decency Act. Uh, it's like, I think it's Section 230. I don't remember exactly. Uh, but that's that's what YouTube is hiding behind, and they don't deserve it. So uh, that's my answer to that long-winded answer. Um, thank you, by the way, to Susan Wild. Uh, Susan, I will try and pull your chat up here if I can in a moment. Susan says, new COVID code word, Siamese cat. <laughs> thank you, Susan. <laughs> Yeah, we can use, yeah. we can use Siamese cat. Um, I do, since we are talking about COVID stuff, uh, and as I think most people here know, we are against uh, government-mandated shelter-in-place orders. Uh, I do want to say, I do want to say a caveat to some COVID stuff. I want to, you know, I, my goal is not to be, and Carrie's isn't either. Uh, our goal is not to be partisan about this and try and present science in a skewed way because it fits our narrative about what we want uh, morally. I am opposed to the uh, shelter-in-place orders because they are unconstitutional and immoral, regardless of what the scientific data about coronavirus says. I also uh, think that the coronavirus is more than the flu, but less than the zombie apocalypse, and so it's probably very nuanced. I would like to share an article that a friend of mine shared with me uh, because it's important to remember a lot of people are talking about, well, the death rate's probably lower than we think and blah, blah, blah. That's all true. But I want to share this with you because it's important to know and I care about our audience here. So, um, uh-oh. That's the wrong button. How about this? There we go. Uh, so I'm going to have to translate this from German. I do not read German. So the best way to translate it is to let Google do it for me, if if Google will. Watch watch Google not do it now that I'm trying to do it. Ugh. Where's the translate this page option? Does anyone know? It was here. <laughs> it was just do here, we, and now I can't freaking do it. Uh, hold do on. we have any? Actually, you know it'd be fun? If there's anybody in chat who I'll do speaks German, raise your hand. There we go. I'll <laughs> try it. There we go. Translate to English. There we go. Okay. So the wording will be a little bit funky because this is automatically translated. But I just want people to be aware of this. <clears throat> okay. It's now undisputed that COVID-19 should be taken seriously, blah, 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 okay. So this is a senior physician at the Innsbruck University uh, Clinic. This is in Germany, obviously Innsbruck. Um, he heads the emergency department in the hospital and is responsible for crisis, uh, the responsible crisis coordinator for COVID-19 patients, okay. They've treated dozens of coronavirus sufferers in recent weeks. 
Among them were six active divers, all of whom did not have to be treated in hospital, but cured themselves in home quarantine. All of them were not severe cases. Their illnesses were five to six weeks ago, and they are considered to have been recovered. But they can, but no, they longer can no longer dive. This wow. is a quote from the doctor. The damage to the lungs is irreversible. This is shocking. We don't understand what's going on here. They are probably lifelong patients, so it doesn't matter whether they dive again or not, said the doctor. The bad news was made clear by lung CTs. They didn't get any better at all in imaging, said Dr. Hartig. As an emergency doctor with 20 years of experience, you swallow when you see something like this in a 40-year-old patient. So these are young people who are diving, and um, they have permanent damage. So I, you know, I do, I do think, by the way, the other thing I like about this article is that for their stock photo for a chest x-ray, they chose a stock photo with someone with nipple rings, which I think is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they Cuomo? noticed that. <laughs> it's a stock photo from Pixabay, which is like a stock photo company. And I guess x-ray of a lung, it says <laughs> they, they chose, cause you know, maybe it's Andrew Cuomo's that's why this is I don't know. Oh. But, you That's know, funny. look, I'm not saying to be worried that it's a zombie apocalypse. I, and I, I've said this from day one. Death is not the only negative outcome. Uh, so it is important to be responsible and uh, protect yourselves. So that's all. I just I want I want to have the information out there. And it's yeah. not, you know, I still think we should not have government mandated shelter in place orders. And I haven't been paying attention to Sweden. Have you? I have, and um, I've been reading a lot of different articles about it, and it, it uh, one I saw this morning was that their rate looks similar to, I think it was Norway's, um, and it it looks like, so. and then another one I read said that, you know, it was a scientist saying they might reach this herd immunity stage within a week or two. Um, it remains to be seen. I don't have, you know, the thing about Sweden is, um, obviously because you want, you want lower deaths, you want lower, you, you hope that they're successful. It's not, it's, you know, it's not just a confirmation bias thing where it's like, I want to be right. It's, it's really because I hope that there aren't a large number of deaths there, but, um, but I don't claim to know what's going to happen there. It could have been their, their decision could result in more, a higher death rate. I think what you're going to see though, I mean, if I were to just give you my gut reaction, I think it's going to end up being pretty similar to other places. Like I think my point is when people say, look, yeah, the curve is flattening in the, in some of these, in some States in the U S um, that therefore that's, evidence it's a result of the government lockdown no it's not it's not evidence of that you don't understand how science works you have to have a you have to have a um, a control group <laughs> yeah you have to have a control group to see what would have happened without government lockdown and so that's what sweden is and that's why sweden's so interesting um and i think you're going to see like the the idea of flattening the curve is you're it's it's not about making sure no one gets infected it's just about lessening like how high it spikes at the beginning. And so obviously with a place like Sweden, I would expect the curve to be a bit higher at first, but then I, I would expect it to drop uh, more rapidly because you've now exposed a, a lot more people have been exposed, presumably. On the other hand, 
there's just because a country like Sweden doesn't have a government lockdown doesn't mean that people aren't choosing to socially distance voluntarily, which is what I wish we would have tried here. We didn't even try that. Right. We and went by the way, straight. I think they are social distancing quite a lot yeah. in Sweden. Yeah, we could have done that without go the government forcibly closing businesses. We didn't even try it. We went straight from de Blasio um, telling people that there this was nothing to worry about, and the president is racist for banning travel from China, and please go out to a movie, guys. Uh, and Pelosi saying, please come on down to Chinatown. Don't they basically were overtly in multiple interviews the media politicians were telling us that this was no different from the flu. The flu is much worse. Don't worry about it. And they were discouraging, actively discouraging voluntary social distancing. So then what did they do? They jumped straight from discouraging voluntary social distancing to pushing enforced social dis like by government closures of businesses. They didn't try. They never came out and said, Hey, why don't we try staying home? Those of you who are able to, if it, you know, businesses make up your own mind about what your procedures are going to be. Here's some suggestions if you want to follow them. They never did that. They never yeah. suggested anything. They just jumped straight. These people who are so on board with the government stripping us of our rights now, if you look at a lot of them, they were the same people. Even Fauci, even Fauci was telling us nothing to worry about. They're the same people that were discouraging taking this seriously and we're discouraging social distancing. You were taking it seriously, Carter. You went into voluntary quarantine by yourself way before any of the media or politicians were doing so. Yeah, I was. And, you know, Daniel Keene in chat says, I read that somewhere in the San Francisco region, there were some blood samples from deaths in January that were tested for Corona and came out positive. Yeah, I've been reading that too. I, I do read believe that, that too. I do believe that, uh, I absolutely believe that coronavirus has been here for longer than we thought. Um, and I've done a whole video on the Stanford study uh, that came out, uh, the, the seroprevalence study, so you can watch that. I, I, here's the thing that I would just, I just want to caution everyone on, on both sides. And I, by the way, I have a friend, so Little Ragamuffin says, yes, we had it back in January right after CES. I had a friend that was deathly sick at CES and sicker than he's ever been, had all the symptoms that are, uh, people are talking about with coronavirus, and he's fine now, but uh, we, we are both <laughs> suspicious that, you know, he was shaking hands with people from Wuhan, right? So, I mean, he could have been in at CES that he got sick. I mean, it could have been the coronavirus. Um, but I, I just want to caution, obviously, we're not on the side of this is a zombie apocalypse, or I, I'll speak for myself. Um, I see a lot of people wanting to jump from one thing to another, saying, like, it's nothing, and, and like, like, it's, it's, a, it's all a big hoax, and it's all propaganda. It's all a big hoax. Or they want to say, like, no, it's a very serious thing, and you really need to take it seriously. It's very likely that you're both wrong. It's, it's possible to have a virus that's, like, worse than the flu, got some bad things, should worry about it. It's a little bit eh, complicated, eh, and uh, it's not the apocalypse, and it's not just the flu. Like, we're likely in a middle-road scenario where it's a complex issue, and... Uh, this isn't, it's not a, there's not a simple, like, it's just X answer. Um, I don't think everything that we're seeing that's bad about the coronavirus is propaganda. I don't think everything that we're seeing is good about the coronavirus is pop propaganda. Like, I, I think it's complicated. And one of the things that we encourage people to do on this show is to, like, break out of ideological thinking on either side. It's very likely that this is somewhere in the middle. It's worse than the flu. It's got some problems. 
And morally, we can all agree that we shouldn't have shut down the government for it, right? Uh, or shut down yeah, the and- government. We should shut down the government. That's a separate topic. <laughs> the government shouldn't have been allowed to shut us down for it. Um, and it should have said, look, when it, with a complex thing like this, what you want is you want to give people information and the freedom to make their own decisions. So people like me might, you know, who has, has a wife from China who was very concerned about it early on, who influenced me, right? We're going to be sheltering in place early because she's very concerned because she's seen what's happened to her family and stuff in China. Uh, other people, young, healthy 25-year-olds are going to be like, eh, I'm going to spring break. I don't care. Old people with pre-existing conditions should read the information and say, well, I should shelter in place. I should wear a mask if I have to go out. But like, let people... Let people function, give them the knowledge, and let them make the decisions. That's what life is about. Life is a trade-off. Constantly, Gadsad did a video, or I did a uh, article about this the other day in uh, Psychology Times or something like that. Um, I don't remember the, the publication, but life is a series of trade-offs. It's a series of cost-benefit analysis. That's what life is. That's so what life is. We all have to make those trade-offs for ourselves, and having the government step in and say, I'm making the trade-off for you universally. One size fits all. This is the trade-off. Done. Uh, that is only worse than letting people make the trade-off for themselves. That's not, it's immoral. And, uh, and we can oppose it without saying this is a big hoax. Cause yeah. I don't think it's a big hoax. I don't think it's a big hoax either. I, I think, um, I think the, what the media and the, a lot of local governments and state governments have done is wrong. And I think that they've, I think the media in particular has stoked people's, after first dismissing the fear and mocking it almost and telling us there was nothing to worry about and encouraging us to go out into crowds, then they switched gears. So see the media, it's easy to understand what they're going to do, I think, because they've been on this this Trump derangement syndrome. Everything is just oppositional to Trump. So at the beginning, because he banned travel from China their tact was, well, he banned travel from China, so therefore we have to say, don't worry about it. There's nothing wrong. Don't be afraid. Please go to parades. Go to Chinatown Parade. Please, guys. This guy's just a racist. That was their tact. But then when they saw, the, they started seeing the data coming in and the stats and the numbers, and they couldn't continue down that road, they had to admit that this was something, then what do they do? Well, they have to go completely, they still have to be oppositional to him. So now they have to go way on this other side and say, okay, now we're going to say you're not doing enough and the government needs, and you need to have a national lockdown, right? And you don't care enough. Like it, it's, it's, it's all partisan. It's all, um, like Maria said, it's really hard. I think she said it's hard to have middle ground right now when we've been so conditioned. I'm not reading it, so I'm just paraphrasing. Oh, it's very difficult to take the middle ground when we've been set up to be so polarized during the last few years. Yeah, that's so true. And if you notice, anyone who's trying to make this a right or left issue, or anybody who's trying to make this about one person, about Trump, um, or or even Pelosi, if they're trying to make it about one person, they're, they're wrong. Those people are, are insisting on viewing this through this polarized lens that they bought into. I, I consider those people to be puppets. They may have a high IQ, but they're not awake. Their light is not turned on. You know, they're they're just going with this narrative they've been fed, and they're applying. They're trying to fit, squeeze everything through their their underlying foundational belief about the world, which is if they bought into this 
everything is about right left. Everything is about Democrat versus Republican. Everything is about Trump. Either liking, either you like him or you hate him. That's not what this is. You're viewing it with very, very skewed, like small range glasses. Like you don't have a very clear view of what this is. And um, I don't know. I think I think the other thing I've seen. I know I'm, I'm rambling a bit here, but um, I wanted to talk about this because you were talking about right. science. Yeah. Yeah, you were talking about science and about being open and admitting you don't know things. We we are not scientists. And and the other thing you should be skeptical of, and I think our audience probably is, is anybody who treats science like a religion instead of like a methodology. Science is not a religion. And I've seen plenty of people, I'm sure it happens on the right too, but because I'm on the left, I see a lot of it on the left. I've seen plenty of people treating science like a religion and in comment threads coming in and saying the science is in my favor and the science this and this and they're trying to claim it like all scientists agree or as if they as if we have conclusions on something that is still evolving and is so new um there there are they don't understand how science works you have to have multiple studies i mean even just even just looking at something like um i was looking at the percentage increase in in uh, alcohol consumption. I was interested in that. And it's hard to figure out where that's at right now because multiple studies are being done. You have to do enough studies that replicate the same the same results before you're like, okay, we pretty much agreed this is the result. So right now you're getting studies all across the board. You know, that's what science is. I saw one study that said alcohol consumption had gone up 22%. I saw another study that said it had gone up 300%. That's a huge difference. Look at their methodology. How are they, you know, this this study did it based on asking people. This study did it based on um, the, uh, the the sales blood, blood alcohol content okay. when they okay. uh, when cops pull people over. And this one did it based on sales online. And that all of these things have different factors. It's like you have to be able to replicate the same study many times over before you get a consensus and anybody who's telling us oh there's a consensus about on the science about this and like no science is not a religion <laughs> yeah well i mean this is it, it's um it's funny that we're having this conversation because i i literally just had this conversation yesterday with steve malloy and I, I will put this i i will put this up but you'll hear me say something very similar to this um we are in a culture that worships scientists rather than science um Science is not what scientists say. Uh, science is a method. And something to understand about science is science is only descriptive of nature. Like science, the, the goal of science is to tell you how nature works. Science um, science does not include like praxeology, like, like human action is not involved in science. It can't tell you what to do. Science can't say, it can't give you moral prescription. It can't give you policy prescription at all. Science never says this is the right political policy ever. It can't. Science can only say, this is how these mechanisms work. Now, after that, then you have to take into account, uh, th then you take into account human action, morality, a whole bunch of other things, and science, and the results from science, uh, and and then you make a decision about policy. Science can't give you policy. It can't. And yet so many people are like, well, the science says we should do blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't. Science doesn't say you should lock people down. Science, even if this was all like agreed, which it's not, there are, as Carrie mentioned, there's lots of different uh, opinions from experts on this right now 
about whether we should be going for herd immunity or whether we should be doing um, you know, one thing or another. There's a lot of testing that hasn't been done. So there's a lot of disagreement. But even if they were in all agreement, it doesn't dictate policy. Yeah. Policy is not the output of science. The output of science is this is how the world works. The natural world works. It has nothing to do with human behavior, morality, what you should actually do, what you should do about that information. That is a separate discussion. And for um, anybody and who doubts science that. science to do the other thing. Yeah, and for anyone who doubts that, I mean, look at the history of science. SJWs are more than willing to admit that science has been used as a, they may not use the word religion, but I would say almost as a religion, has been used to justify policy that was on that was just wrongheaded on its face. It's been used to just science was used to justify racism and slavery. You know, you get you can if you start with a flawed conclusion that you want to. This is what I want the answer to be. This is what I want the policy to be. Now I'm going to work backwards. That's not how science works. Science is like, let me find the truth. You, if you're starting with a flawed conclusion, you're, you're no better than those people who believed uh, black people are inferior. Let me find a scientific way of quote unquote proving this. Right. right? Yeah. And I, can I, I want to read a couple of things from chat because there's some good points made here. Um, Christian, Kristen K says people just call things science, which are not necessarily science. Often people mistake correlation of causality. Yeah. Obviously that happens all the time. Yes. Um, and, uh, Susan Wilde says science is not about proving a theory. It's about trying to disprove a theory. Yeah. That's the other thing. Science actually can't prove anything. Um, it comes up with theories that best explain data. It can disprove things because you can have experiments that disprove a, a, a theory in the past. Um, but where that theory is not predictive and, and you can, and you can disprove it, but it doesn't, there's not a theory. Someone else wrote, I don't know where it is, but, uh, some, someone else wrote that science isn't consensus, which is true, but I don't see it. Oh, Smokey over the line says science doesn't need consensus. It is governments and others holding power that demand scientific consensus. Scientists should always reject this. Yes, and I think actual scientists do reject the idea that there is a scientific doctrine and there's consensus on issues generally. Um, so, yeah, ab absolutely. Um yeah, I think I think that was it. I want to, but I just I wanted to read those because yeah, science science is is a method, um, and and also scientists aren't they're not little gods, right? Uh, that you need to worship. So or demi um, or demigods. Yeah, yeah, they're not. They're not. Um, and there isn't consensus. And by the way, there isn't consensus on uh, anthropogenic climate change either. All right. So, and also, and it, and it doesn't and also, matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Also, consensus is irrelevant. I want to point that out to you. Wait, consensus is irrelevant. It is irrelevant. If you have consensus that two plus two is five, which you did in the book 1984, it's still wrong. It's still wrong. Go ahead. I was also just going to, um, a quick, um, reminder for everyone that also Bill Nye is not a scientist. <laughs> He's a science guy. <laughs> just a public service announcement bill nye the science guy is not a scientist i think he's in a mechanical engineer or something right oh is he he's an engineer or something like that he yeah a mechanical engineer but you know he's he just he's also a dick i've met him in real life uh, he's extremely arrogant uh and kind of a douchebag so i don't know uh, that's, that's an ad hominem 
I'm throwing it out there. It's not an argument against anything he's ever said. He can be. It's a not an argument. Man, right? It's me. It's just an insult. <laughs> okay, I'm sending you. We might need to wrap up soon, but since we started with some of your favorite memes, this is an oldie but goodie. I'm sending you a meme. Uh, all right, hold can... on. Let me. I'll, I'll I'll grab it. I know. I feel like we should wrap up, but I also have like I could probably go for another two hours. There's crap I want to yeah. talk about, but yeah, uh, people will get bored of us so hold on here uh oh i think oh did i see this one i don't know if i've seen this man no, I... <laughs> oh yeah i have seen this meme. it's <laughs> awesome hold on uh if no one knows what we're talking about hold on let me uh let me put this up dun, dun, dun. okay so i'll read it for the people who happen to be listening it's got a picture of bill nye on the left and a picture of the guy, you remember the guy who fought Rocky in, I think it was like Rocky II or something. He represented the Soviet Union, and he was that like huge blonde guy with the buzz cut. Okay. Do, just say Dolph Lundgren. People know who he is. Oh, he I didn't know who he was. soldier. Yeah, Dolph okay, Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren. Guys. All right, so if you're not me, I guess you know. I can just say <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. And it says, uh, he's on the right, and it says, that moment you find out that Dolph Lundgren is exponentially more qualified to be called a scientist than Bill Nye is. And it says on the left, Bill Nye... B.S. Mechanical Engineering, Cornell University. On the right is uh, Dolph Lundgren. B.S. in Chemistry from Washington State University. B.S. in Chemical Engineering from the Royal Institute of Technology in Stockholm. Master's in Science in Chemical Engineering from the University of Sydney. Fulbright Scholarship recipient, MIT. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Also, by the way, I do want to clarify. Uh, degrees does not. Degrees do not make scientists true, like they do, but still that's just a meme it's a funny meme that's it's what still a funny meme it's still a funny <laughs> meme uh so i don't know by the way snopes of course tried to uh make you question that that snopes is like because they don't they wouldn't like that of course oh what what do they say about it they say mo they had to say mostly true <laughs> <laughs> what's what's untrue about it um let's see wait i'm this gonna look meme, it up i'm gonna look it up yeah this meme is largely accurate Nye did study mechanical engineering at Cornell University, from which he graduated with a Bachelor of Science. And Lundgren, who may be best known as an action movie star, has an impressive educational background. The credentials listed in this meme, however, are slightly inaccurate. Uh, according to biography on the actor's old website, Lundgren did receive a master's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Sydney and was the recipient of a Fulbright scholarship at MIT. Uh, however, Lundgren did not receive a BS degree in chemistry from Washington State University. The school says on its website that Lundgren spent one year studying chemical engineering there as an exchange student, but he did not graduate from that school. So they had one minor. He Okay, so they have one minor quibble about they corrected one thing about one of the degrees. He actually didn't get that degree, but he did study there. Then here's where they get into the SJW problematic. Here's where they get into the problematic. That's an SJW word. I'll, I see that all the time. Comparing Nye and Lundgren is also problematic. The meme appears to insinuate that Nye is not qualified to host a television show since his educational background does not match or exceed Dolph Lundgren's yet. Yet, as far as we know, there is no Lundgren standard for a science television show host. The argument only makes sense if Lundgren, the more educated of the two, had criticized Nye or publicly disagreed with something Nye had said, yet we found no record of Lundgren expressing such a viewpoint. This is a really dumb paragraph. 
It's, it's like, Snopes, do you guys understand what memes are? I was going to say, I feel like if you're, if you're fact-checking a meme like this, you're, you've missed the point. I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. I get you can have memes that are totally false, but like the, the nitpicky on this meme, I just, you know. That's how they are, though. Yeah, of course, because, you know, they got to be that way. I don't care. Should we wrap it up? I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we are going to be doing book club in um, about a week, Sunday, May 3rd. And if you haven't read it yet, we're reading Animal Farm with George Orwell. I like Keith the Hat Guy in our Facebook um, book club group said he doesn't have to read Animal Farm. He can just observe what's happening around him right now. <laughs> just go to Walmart or wherever. Right. Yeah. But um, if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it. Go to unsafespace.com, the book club page, and you can buy it from our affiliate link. Um, also, we heard it may, it may still be um, available on uh, – uh, oh, crap. My mind is – What's, what's the one where you can get it for, for Kindle Unlimited? Yeah. Oh, yes. It might be available on Kindle Unlimited. And we should, Keith the Hat Guy just super chatted us. Uh, thank you, Keith. He says, 98% of scientists agreed Einstein was idiot. That's why he couldn't get a job teaching freshman physics and worked in the patent office. Yeah. I, didn't he fail math, too, in high school? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know. Thank you, Keith. Uh, and, and thanks for making me laugh in book club. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for watching. Appreciate it. There's, um, I wanted to share an article about homeschooling, but maybe we'll do that on Monday because Harvard is attacking homeschooling again. So that should make you all happy. Uh, that's a fun one. Anyway, thanks for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We're almost at 4,000 subscribers. Maybe after this show, we will be. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, and please go to subscribe star and subscribe there. You get your name in the credits. And if you are an apostate level or above, you get, uh, you get a grenade mug with the unsafe space logo on it. And I don't know if there's really anything cooler to drink coffee out of. So, uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good weekend. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you.